During the three weeks, it is traditional to learn about the Beis HaMikdash, Hilchas Beis HaBechira, not only to show that we're enthusiastic for its restoration, but because that is actually how we fulfill the mitzvah of building the Beis HaMikdash in today's circumstances. We'll learn that from seeing the connection between Parshas Masay and the time of year when it is read, which is about the story of the passing of Aaron, because there's a link between the passing of a tzaddik and the destruction and subsequently rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. But Parshas Masay, Boilet Venikra Begoloi, Parshas Masay is one of those stark examples where you see how Kesher shall the direct link between the parasha and the time of year when it is read. When do we read Parashas Maseh? Always in proximity to Rosh Chodesh of either Rosh Chodesh Gufan, Rosh Chodesh itself, or Lamachrosi the following day, or Shabbos Mevorachim, Hachodesh Menachemov, or Shabbos Mevorachim. Why is that relevant? Because in the parasha, this is the parasha that tells us for the first time that Aaron HaKoyim passed away on Rosh Chodesh Av. So now you're reading the parasha about Aaron's passing on Rosh Chodesh Av, around about Rosh Chodesh Av. Now, all of the details of Aaron's passing were described in Parashat Shukas. What's unique about our Parashat is the date of his passing and the age he was when he passed away. That's recorded specifically in our Parashat. Now, this connection is not only the time frame connection, but it's a thematic connection too, because Kesha Zeh, the time of the parasha and the content of the parasha is not, it's not just because the time of parasha's Masai coincides with the Yorzeit of Aaron HaKoyin, but because there's a shared theme between both of these issues. Which issues? Menachem Av, obviously, is the month where we commemorate the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, when the house of Hashem was, so to speak, burnt. About which the Gemara tells us, that the passing of a tzaddik is akin to the burning of the Beis HaMikdash. And similarly, we say the passing of a tzaddik is in a sense more harsh than the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Not only is it the time frame that Aaron's Yeratzat is Chodesh Menachemov, and we read about it in Parshas Maseh at the beginning of Chodesh Av, but it's the theme. The passing of a tzaddik has the same similar theme to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, what's interesting about that is when you look at a tzaddik's passing, you're going to see that there are two extremes of how we look at a tzaddik's passing, negative and positive. When a tzaddik passes away, there are through, so these, these very diverse reactions. On the one end, we are required to mourn and cry for the passing of a tzaddik. Simultaneously, we're supposed to be learning from the example and the avoider of that tzaddik throughout his lifetime. So that we could continue to follow the path that he had taught us. And when we do learn from the example of the tzaddik, then we can use and apply the Gemara's expression about Yaakov Ovinu, which extends to all tzaddikim, that just like they descendants are alive, they too are alive. Now here we're talking about Aaron HaKoyen. We know that Hillel tells us in the famous mission in Pirkei that we are supposed to emulate the way of Aaron HaKoyen and be a student of Aaron, which is somebody who loves peace, etc. So these two extreme 
different, diverse reactions are also relevant when we talk about the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. Because on the one hand, this is a time where we're supposed to mourn Yerushalayim. And there are practical things that we do to restrict our lives because of that mourning. On the one hand, and yet on the other hand, and at the same time when we're mourning the Beis Amikdash during these three weeks, that's a time where we have to be sure not to fall into a sense of despair over the fact that we're in Golos, because we know that as Hashem promises us in the Haftarah attributed to Pashas Masei, the Ebishter says, you have called me your father and you are my special child. So that's encouraging. And not only that, this is a time to encourage ourselves, to encourage our fellow Jews. When we're in this dark period of the so-called footsteps, in other words, the proximity to Mashiach, particularly within the time frame of the dark period before Mashiach, the three weeks of mourning the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, now is the time to encourage ourselves and others to be strong in our daily anticipation of Mashiach's arrival and particularly, and this is the thing we're going to focus on, we're supposed to learn and engage in what Yechezkel Navi tells us is, all of the details and the design and the goings-on of the Beis HaMikdash. Because look what the Medrash tells us about the instruction that Hashem gave to Yechezkel about Building the base Amigdash. The Ebishta tells Yecheskel that it is such a great thing to read about the, the base Amigdash in Torah, that it's considered like you're building it. So therefore, therefore Lechem Molahem, the Ebishta tells Yecheskel, go tell the Jewish people that they should engage themselves in reading the scriptures about the design and the construction of the Beis HaMikdash or Vizchar Kiriyasa and in reward for that reading she's asked that they'll engage in reading about the Beis HaMikdash says I will consider it as if they are actually building the Beis HaMikdash so we've got this dichotomy on the one hand you mourn the Tzaddik on the other hand you learn from the Tzaddik and apply those lessons in your life on the one hand you mourn the Beis HaMikdash on the other hand you encourage yourself about Mashiach and specifically tether that to learning about the Beis HaMikdash which is considered akin to building the Beis HaMikdash so what we've just seen described about the Beis HaMikdash, that you learn about it and then it's considered as if you are building the Beis HaMikdash. And we can reflect that back onto how we deal with the passing of a tzaddik. When we follow the path and instructions and lessons and example of the tzaddik, then as we said, the tzaddik is alive again. Which means the true life of the tzaddik, which is not purely a matter of a, of a beating heart. Famously tells us the life of a tzaddik is not physical. It is all about faith in Hashem, fear of Hashem, love of Hashem. When that is alive within us who are the students of the tzaddik, the direct students or the students of the students of the tzaddik, then the tzaddik is truly alive. That's going to give us a very clear emphasis 
Now we see the connection even more strongly between, on the one hand, Chodesh Av being the time where we commemorate the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, and Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of Av, being associated with the passing of Aaron. Because we know the Gemara tells us that the primary cause for the destruction of the second Beis Hamikdash was baseless hatred between Jewish people. And how do you correct that? Well, you've got to become a student of Aaron, which as we've said is the appropriate response to the passing of a tzaddik to emulate and apply their teachings and example in our lives, specifically Oyev Shalom V'Roydev Shalom, to love and pursue peace, and to love even those people who have no qualifications that speak for themselves, so we see them just purely as Hashem's creations and nothing more, and bring them close to Torah. That's Avas Chinam, that's the antidote to Sinas Chinam, that is baseless love, which is exactly what we're supposed to deal with and focus on at this time of the year. Now, you may have a question at this point, which is, when it comes to describing the passing of a tzaddik, we say, that if the students live with the principles and values of the tzaddik, the tzaddik is alive. We don't say, it's as if the tzaddik is alive. In other words, when we as the students of the tzaddik follow in the path of the tzaddik, we cause that tzaddik to remain alive. And we can understand how that works practically. When we know that the life of a tzaddik is not bound by physical parameters, but rather it is a spiritual reality, then the tzaddik is truly alive. The spiritual life of that tzaddik is it continues and it is strengthened through our avoider, through us emulating what the, the tzaddik has done. And that makes perfect sense. But can we equate the same kind of principle to the base amigdash? When we're learning about what the base amigdash looked like and how it functioned. It's all very well to learn about the Beis HaMikdash, but we still actually need a physical Beis HaMikdash because without it, we don't have the capacity to bring Karbonis. Currently, in the absence of a Beis HaMikdash, since its destruction, we daven to compensate for and kind of replace the Karbonis. But when we learn about the Beis HaMikdash, which David says, I will consider, he tells Yecheskel, that it is as if they had actually built the Beis HaMikdash. Surely, us learning about the Beis HaMikdash doesn't have any more power than when we daven in place of Korbanos. So, when we follow the example of the Tzaddik, the Tzaddik truly lives. When we learn about the Beis HaMikdash, surely that is just learning. It's just conceptual it's not actually building a base amigdash, so you'd think. But that would be the wrong way to think. Whenever the Torah equates two things, like in our example, it says, David tells Yecheskel that by learning about the, the design of the base amigdash, I will consider it as if they were building the base amigdash. Whenever the Torah equates two things, it's because the two things are actually not two separate things. They're two elements of the same thing, of the same theme. And we have to understand how that could be, how learning about the Beis Amikdash could equate to building the Beis Amikdash. 
But the physical outcome of what we're doing, so when we learn about the Beis Hamikdash, the physical translation of that into the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash is something we'll only see at a later point in the future. Therefore, that's why the expression is, it's as if it's already happening now, even though it's only going to happen much later. But even before the physical manifestation takes place, like in our example, even before we are given the opportunity or permission to build the Beis Hamikdash in a physical sense, we shouldn't make the mistake of thinking that us learning about the Beis Hamikdash is a, just simply a token of or a reminder of the mitzvah which is to build the Beis Hamikdash. Or we shouldn't think, well, if you learn about the Beis HaMikdash, the Ebishter will reward you as he would have rewarded you were you building the Beis HaMikdash. That's not the full picture. We need to know that when we engage in proper learning about the Beis HaMikdash, we are engaged in building the Beis HaMikdash. Now, how could that be? We need to understand it. First layer we'll use to explain this is the principle we already know that we're told if you learn about a carbon, it's considered like you've brought the carbon. Our first insight will be based on what the Gemara tells us. Any person who engages in learning the halachas of a korban chattas, ki'ilu hikriv chattas, will be considered as if he brought a korban chattas, and likewise with a nashem. And of course, that expands and extends to all other korbanis as well. So, this principle regarding a korban, ki'ilu hikriv, that when you learn about it, it's as if you've brought it. The Gemara is not trying to tell us that you'll get the same reward for having learnt about the carbon as you would have been rewarded had you brought the carbon. Nor does it mean that when you learn about a carbon chatos, the Ebishter will then cleanse you of the sin as he would have done had you brought the carbon chatos. In other words, that the effects of learning will be the same as the effects of bringing the carbon. That's not the full picture. Not only are the effects going to be that it's like you brought the carbon, the action will equate to the action of bringing the carbon itself. You can see a practical halachic application of this. We know that every day we're supposed to read the sections of Torah that describe the carbonus, and there are restrictions. We don't say those sections at night, only during the day. Because you can't bring a carbon at night, so you cannot read that section of the Torah at night. You'll find there with other laws that there are other aspects of when you learn about the carbonist that it actually has to be in a way that is similar to how you bring the carbon. Why? Because it's not just that by, bringing the, by, by learning about the carbon, it's similar to bringing the carbon. It actually has some of the parameters and reality of bringing a carbon, which is a fascinating principle.
So that's with regards to Korbanos, which we said will segue us into understanding how it works with the base Amigdash. But even in a greater sense, is what happens when we learn about the design of the base Amigdash. Which the Medrash compares to learning about a Korban, which is considered like bringing up a Korban. So look at what the Medrash says, because it's so interesting. Yechezkel to tell the Jewish people to go out and learn about the Beis HaMikdash. So Yechezkel says, Currently, we are exiled in our enemies' lands. And you're instructing me to go and tell the, the people how to build the Beis HaMikdash. Are they able to do anything about it? Let's wait until they get out of Godless and then you can tell them this is how the Beis HaMikdash should look. Hey, Shivla Akadosh Baruch, the Medrash tells us that Abishta's response is phenomenal. Because my children are in Golos, should the building of my base Amigdash be suspended? And therefore, the Ebishter tells Yecheskel, go tell the Jewish people that they have to learn all of these things about how to build the base Amigdash. But here's the key point, I say, that when we're building, sorry, when we're learning about building the base Amigdash, the mitzvah of building the base Amigdash is not suspended. That's phenomenal. Learning about the base Amigdash now equates to building the base Amigdash. Okay, so we have to understand how that works. The mitzvah that you should build a base amigdash is an eternal mitzvah. Which applies to every single one of us. We all have a responsibility to build a base amigdash. If it's a mitzvah that applies to us individually today, if there's a scenario where the Jewish people cannot actually build the base Amigdash due to circumstances that they don't control we don't control it's not our choice that we can't build the base Amigdash then in the current circumstances our mitzvah is to learn about the base Amigdash because when we learn about the base Amigdash it's considered like we're building it so we're fulfilling the mitzvah of building the base in other words, it's not because circumstantially we cannot build the base amigdash. Therefore, let's do second best. We're not just going to learn about the base amigdash so we remember it, so we have some kind of spiritual connection to the mitzvah. It is critical for us to know that when we're learning about the design of the base Hamikdash, we're fulfilling the mitzvah of building the base Hamikdash. You could even suggest that the Rambam alludes to this. Have a look at which Pasuk. We know that the Rambam, whenever he starts a new section, he quotes a Pasuk to introduce that section. Look, look which Pasuk he chose to introduce the section of Sefer Avoida, which starts with Hilchas Beis Abichira. Which Pasuk? That you should seek out the peace of Yerushalayim and then there'll be a serenity for those who love Yerushalayim. 
The fact that the Rambam chose this Pasuk to introduce Sefer Avoida and specifically the laws of Beis HaBechira and the laws of the Beis HaMikdash. That tells us that there's a mitzvah to shalu, to ask about, to speak about Yerushalayim or Eretz Yisrael. Part of the way that you do that is you learn about the Beis HaMikdash. That's how you use your words to seek, so to speak, the peace of Yerushalayim. Had the Rambam intended that it is important for us to know the laws of the Beis Amikdash, to recall and remember the Beis Amikdash, well then, the Rambam should have used the same pasuk that the Gemara uses to teach us that we should always remember the Beis Amikdash, which is, how does the Gemara say, how do we know that we should always do things to remember the Beis Amikdash? From a different pasuk, which is, Tzion he deresh einla that Tzion doesn't have anybody looking out for it. Nobody's seeking it. Says the Gemara Michal de Boyedrisha that indicates to us that you're supposed to be thinking about, fixating on, talking about Yerushalayim. But Rashi the Rambam doesn't bring that pasuk. The fact that he dafka brings the pasuk that says you should speak about the well-being of Yerushalayim. The Rambam wants to highlight for us that there is an independent requirement for us to learn in depth the details and the details within the details. Like a person who's inquiring about the peace of Yerushalayim. We are required to learn all of the details of Beis HaMikdash. Not only so we remember the Beis HaMikdash as it was in the past. And not only so we'll know how to construct it in the future. But it's part of the current mitzvah that applies to all of us. Today, that we're required to build the Beis HaMikdash. How do we fulfill that, that mitzvah today? By learning about it. Whereas had the Rambam brought the Pasuk that the Gemara does, well that Pasuk only says that you have to be Dorish, you have to, you know, kind of know about it, remember it, don't forget the Beis HaMikdash. So it's now clear to us, both from the Medrash about Yecheskel and from the Rambam's choice of introduction to Hilchas Beis Abachira, Shalimad Hilchas Beis Abachira, Einoi Rak Kedeladaas Keitzad Livnoisoi Leosid. The purpose of learning Hilchas Beis Abachira is not only that we should have the practical working knowledge to be able to build a Beis Amigdash in the future when it becomes relevant. But rather, what the Rambam is illustrating to us is that the requirement to build, the, to learn about the Beis Hamikdash is the requirement, or is part of the mitzvah to build the Beis Hamikdash, which is relevant to us today. Now, to understand how this works, how you could have a mitzvah, which one second, so I'm only learning about the Beis Hamikdash, and you're telling me that I'm fulfilling the mitzvah of building the Beis Hamikdash. How does that work? We use two examples that illustrate that this is, in fact, how mitzvahs work under different circumstances. We're going to look at tshuva and conversion to illustrate this point. We'll see practical applications of this kind of halacha in the laws of tshuva and in the law of um, of conversion. The fullest way to do teshuva, if a person does an avera, is they have to make a verbal confession and they have to bring a carbon in order to uh, cleanse themselves.
Now, what's the practical halacha nowadays in Golos? Where there is no possibility of bringing a carbon. So what do we say? There's no full tshuva. You've got to wait for Mashiach. You can't actually be cleansed. Well, as long as a person does tshuva, verbal tshuva, that's good enough. Under the current circumstances, that gives us 100% of the fulfillment of the mitzvah of tshuva, and that even has practical ramifications. So you see a practical application. We're not allowed to include a person who is a Russia as part of testimony. Yet if a person has done tshuva, they are cleared and they can be considered an aid, even though they didn't bring a carbon. What does that tell you? The ideal way to do tshuva includes a carbon. In the absence of the ability to bring a carbon, the full tshuva experience today is the verbal confession. And even more stark would be the example of conversion. Because look how the Rambam describes what is required in order for a person to become Jewish. The person, if they're male, has to have a breast. Male or female has to go to the mikveh and bring a korban. Yet today, the Rambam says clearly today, in the absence of a korban, just a breast and the, the immersion in a mikveh, and there you go, the person is 100% Jewish. Yes, technically, when there is a base amigdash, the ger will then bring a carbon. Nobody would suggest that the absence of that carbon waiting for Mashiach will in any way undermine the quality or the status of the gerus of this person today. There you see it, that there are mitzvahs where if I cannot fulfill the full mitzvah due to circumstances beyond my control, then what I can do constitutes the full mitzvah today. So now we understand that this is exactly how it is with the Hilchus Beis Abichira. The mitzvah to build a Beis Amikdash includes building a Beis Amikdash when you can. When you cannot, that mitzvah constitutes learning how to build a Beis Amikdash. With that in mind, we'll understand something that the Rambam says is in, in his introduction to Maseches Midas in the Pirush Mishnais. What does he tell us? The entire purpose of this Masechta is to tell us about the, 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 the uh, parameters, the design of the Beisamikdashalbayishaini. So everything about it. What's the value, says the Rambam, in knowing all of this detail about the Beis Amikdash? Because when it will be speedily rebuilt, So the reason you have to know all of these things is because they're very specific and they're all divinely inspired. As David Amelech tells his son Shalem Amelech, everything about how to build the Beis Amikdash is what the Abish has told me and I've transferred to you. And so we have to know all of that information in order to know how to build the base Amikdash. So the Tosis Yontav gives us an insight. One second, the design of the third base Amikdash is not going to be identical to the design of the second base Amikdash. The Rambam himself tells us that in Hilchas Beis Abichira, that the future Beis Amikdash, even though it is described in the prophecies of Yecheskel, we're not absolutely clear what he means. 
And therefore the people under Ezra's guidance who built the second base they designed the second base to be similar to the first one that was built with certain modifications that were aligned with the uh, prophecies of Yechezkel. So therefore the Tosus Yomtev asks, the Rambam's telling us that the purpose of learning about the design and, and, and quantum of the, of the second base Amigdash is so we'll know how to do it when Mashiach comes. But we won't know how to do it from that when Mashiach comes because that base Amigdash Hasheni is not going to be like the base Amigdash Hashlishi. Yet, despite that question, there is still value in learning Maseches Midas, which describes the second base Amigdash. Why? Because there will be certain similarities. Because that's the place we're going to get the information about the third base Amigdash in those areas where the third base Amigdash is going to be like the second and the first base Amigdash. Yes, there will be some differences. Because the will open our eyes, we'll understand things that Yecheskel prophesied that we didn't previously understand. Nevertheless, the tells us we need the story of the second base because the truth is the majority of the elements of how the base Amigdash is going to be constructed in the future is exactly the same and has never changed from how it was originally told to David Amelech. That's why the, the, the Rambam, in his introduction to Masechus Midos, quotes specifically that pasuk in Divrei Hayamim about David Hamelach telling Shlomo Hamelach Hakol Bichsav Miyad Hashem Olai Yiskil. Everything is directly guided by the Eibusha. That's what I know, and I'm trans- transferring to you, so you'll know how to be- build the base Hamikdash. So it would sound like the Rambam is telling us that there is value with the inside of the Tosis Yomtov. There is value in knowing everything about the construction of the second base Hamikdash because at least out of that we'll have the basic components that are relevant. to to understanding how to build a third base Amigdash. But this is not yet 100% clear. Why not? Because we do know that the third base Amigdash will have a whole lot of differences to the preceding Bate Amigdash. And as we've just said, the Ebesh is going to have to open our eyes that we can understand prophecies Yecheskel made that we have never understood. So, so why do we need to learn Masech Demidus? The Ebishter will open our eyes, then we'll know what Yechezka was saying, and we'll know how to build the base Amigdash. Why are we wasting our time learning things that are really primarily relevant to the second base Amigdash? The answer is because we're not only learning it for technical, practical purposes, the mitzvah to build the base Amigdash is a constant mitzvah for all of us. And therefore, at all times, all of us are required to engage in the building of the base Amigdash. In other words, our responsibility is not just to know about the base Amigdash. We have a responsibility to ensure that everything that we could possibly have ready for the Beis HaMikdash, we will have ready. 
And as we already mentioned, that David just says, as long as you're learning about the Beis Amikdash, the building of the Beis Amikdash is not suspended. The fact that practically when Mashiach comes, we'll need that David will have to open our eyes so that we can understand the secrets of what Yechezkel was teaching. Besides the fact that we're also told by the Gemara that when it's time to build the base, Amikdash, Moshe and Aaron will be early, will have early resurrection in order to guide us. That's practically what's going to happen when the third base Amikdash is built. But the fact that we don't yet have that information and don't yet have a need for that information does not in any way reduce the value of learning about the base Amikdash now. Because learning about the base Amikdash now qualifies as fulfilling the mitzvah of building the base Amikdash. But there'll be another layer and depth and greatness that will be added to that mitzvah when Mashiach actually comes. But what we can do now, like the person that does tshuva and cannot yet bring a korban, so you do the tshuva to the best of your ability and it's worth everything. And the convert converts and it's worth 100% conversion. We learn and it's worth 100% binyan beis amigdosh in our current circumstances. Now that we've identified the value of learning about the Beis Hamikdash, even now, we'll actually learn from that something about how to build the Beis Hamikdash. Why? Because there are two versions about how the building of the Beis Hamikdash is going to happen. Will it be a human experience, human endeavor, or will it be miraculous? The two views about how the Beis Hamikdash is going to be built. The Midrashim, the Zohar, they say it's going to be a completely spiritual experience. The Abish is going to build the third Beis Hamikdash. Or the Rambam, for example, says, no, it's actually going to be a human project. We're going to build the Beis Hamikdash. Now, it's got to be one or the other, or. What we typically like to do is to blend the two opinions. One way to satisfy the two opinions is as follows. There are other places where the Rebbe talks about this. Here the Rebbe is saying that there are certain parts of building the Beis Hamikdash which we know how to do. You look at Masech Tamidus, you know how to do those things. Or as the Rambam calls it, those things that are similar to what Yecheskel prophesied. Those elements of the Beis HaMikdash, will be built through human endeavor because we'll consult the book, we'll know how to do it, and we'll do it. And those elements that are part of the secret prophecies of Yechezkel that we haven't quite understood, so we don't know how to do them, we don't know how to prepare for them, the Eibishter will fill in those parts of the construction. Or you could say it slightly differently. The construction of the Beis Hamikdash in its physical t- sense will be by humans. That Mashiach will have the knowledge that we currently don't have and therefore will be in a position to actually build the Beis Hamikdash. And then there'll be a spiritual version of the Beis Hamikdash that will superimpose itself onto and within the Beis Hamikdash that we build. That would be quite similar to how it was in the time of the Beis Hamikdash that we would light a human 
physical fire on the Mizbeach, and within that Debesha would manifest a divine fire. And it is this divine element of the Beis Amikdash that will be installed within it that will create the, the, the possibility of the Beis Amikdash being eternal. And that will help us to explain the two versions of how the Beis Amikdash is going to be built. You have the Rambam's view that it has to be built by a human being, Mashiach and his team. As opposed to the Midrashim or the Zoya that says it's going to be a spiritual manifestation. Think about what the purpose of the Rambam's book is versus the Medrash and the Zayar, and it all makes sense. Sifre Rambamu, Sifre Halochas. The Rambam's book is a book of practical halacha. Valpi Halocha, Binyan Amigdash, Mitzvah, Shechiyuva Mutalal Yisrael. Well, from an halachic perspective, building the base Amigdash is a mitzvah sasei, Vaosuli Migdash. Therefore, it is a mitzvah which is incumbent on every single Jewish person. Belochain, Hidgesh Rambam, Mesachili, Binyan Base Amigdash, Shibone Ali De Yisrael. Therefore, the Rambam in his book of Halacha is obviously going to prioritize and highlight the element of building the base Amigdash, which is within the human realm, our responsibility and our capacity to build. Through which the Jewish people can fully fulfill their responsibility. We have to do that positive mitzvah. Anything about the Beis Amikdash which is going to come from the spiritual realms from on high cannot be within the gamut of our personal human mitzvah to build the Beis Amikdash. Therefore, the Rambam doesn't mention it because it has no bearing on halacha. Whereas from the perspective of the Medrash and the Zoya, which see things obviously from the more esoteric parts of Torah, there the focus is not simply on the halachic requirements on the people, but rather on the understanding of the fullest form of what the Beis Amikdash should be. In order for the Beis Amikdash to express its ultimate state, that requires the input from on high, the Ebishter's construction. Therefore, the Medrash and the Zoyar focus on the part of the Beis Amikdash, which is from on high. So therefore we can understand the nature of the, how the base Amigdash will be built. The fact that part of the future base Amigdash will be superimposed from on high, it will be a heavenly base Amigdash, is not a statement of the, the lack in the base Amigdash built by humans, built by Mashiach. By Mashiach and his team building the Beis Amikdash physically, that is the ultimate fulfillment of the mitzvah to build a Beis Amikdash. And then there'll be an additional element which will be installed within the Beis Amikdash. That's the divine element too. That will help us understand even better how nowadays, by us learning about the Beis Amikdash, the Ebishter says, the Ebishter considers it as if we're building the Beis Amikdash. And where we're told that because we're engaged in learning about the Beis Hamikdash, so it's considered as if we are building the Beis Hamikdash. So Vishnei Akitzavos, we're going to see both extremes. 
מאחה של כל הדרס, תכלס השלמה של בייס המקדש, תושג על ידי זה שיגאלה ויובל משמיים. Everybody agrees, even if the Rambam does not record it in his halachic work, everybody agrees that the ultimate value of the third בייס המקדש will be because of the input from Hashem. And it's specifically that part which the humans cannot contribute to the Beis HaMikdash, that is, that will give the Beis HaMikdash its eternal nature. If Eibesh doesn't build a house, or in this case, more specifically, the Beis HaMikdash, we're wasting our time because obviously human endeavor cannot be long-term and certainly cannot be eternal. Let's look at the first and second Batei Mikdash. They were built by humans and therefore they could not endure. The third Batei Mikdash is going to be the Abish's construction and therefore will live forever. So we're learning about the Beis HaMikdash. When we today learn, as we're required to do, about the Beis HaMikdash, about its design, etc., the way in which we learn about the, the construction of the Beis HaMikdash has to be in the realm that we'll be able to contribute when it comes time to actually build it. Which is, Our focus has to be to learn about the practical things, the size, the design, so that we can understand and appreciate the part that we will contribute, which is the physical structure. Here on the other extreme, as we have mentioned, in order for the Beis HaMikdash to reach its fullest potential, it will need the input from Hashem. That is the part where the Abishah says, I will consider your efforts to be greater than what your efforts actually produce. So there you have it while we're learning about the Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Now we have not only the human input, which we're doing through our understanding of the halachas, the designs, but we even have the Abishah's input, which is similar to how the Beis HaMikdash will be, that the Abishah will give his input, which gives the longevity to the Beis HaMikdash. And in our learning, he gives a dimension to our learning we could never have achieved. That the Abishah considers it as if we're actually building the Beis HaMikdash. So as we learn about the Beis HaMikdash now, we're actually applying both elements of what the Binyan Beis HaMikdash will be. That's got a great lesson for us. First thing we have to know is First thing we have to know obviously is how valuable and important it is for us to learn about the design and structure of the Beis HaMikdash. If that's true all year round, it is especially true during the three weeks. The reason it is so important is because that is how in our current circumstances we fulfill the mitzvah we are obligated to fulfill to build the Beis HaMikdash. And by us doing so that weakens the element of de- devastation and destruction which exists currently and it weakens the, the impact and power of the three weeks. 
And then the second thing is, because we're learning about the Beis Amikdash, which is considered like we're building it, that brings us much closer to the time of the actual pragmatic building of the Beis Amikdash through Mashiach. And immediately once Mashiach builds the Beis Amikdash, it is infused with the spirituality of the, of the divine Beis Amikdash. And that should all happen immediately.